Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. Good morning. Glad to have everybody here. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. Happy Father's Day. Can we celebrate that for a second? Yeah? Awesome. For those watching online, good morning. We're glad you're joining as well. Uh, We are going through 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and pull that out. Open it up. We're going verse by verse. We're walking through it verse by verse. Now, you may be wondering why Brian is stalking me back here. Uh, Brian's actually not stalking. We are preaching. I'm just this. keeping check on him. Actually, it's, <laughs> it's not stalking. We are preaching this sermon together this morning because today we are commissioning Oaks Church. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, yeah, we can celebrate that. Oaks is here. Oaks in the house. Uh, we're going to be sending out around 100 folks from our body to launch a new church uh, over by Tech Campus. You may be saying, why would we do that? Because that's our vision. Our heart is to see the kingdom of God come on earth here as it is in heaven. One of the best ways to reproduce the kingdom of God is to plant more churches. And so uh, Oaks will be our fifth church plant in Putnam County. The river was number one. Then we did Crossroads in Baxter. Then we did Hope in Christ in Monterey. Then we just planted Rio, our Hispanic uh, Spanish-speaking church, and then Oaks will be number five that'll be alive. And so we're excited about that and excited that we're getting to send Brian, who's been with us for 21 years here at the river, and, and also Steve Chapman, who was with us for 21 years, and also Jimmy Thorpe, who was with us for 15-plus years. And so many of the people that you'll see on stage are people that have been here for a while, and they're taking that leap of faith to say, we want to be on mission with God. So I'm excited about that. You may say that's unusual, but that's part of our 5555 vision, okay? And if you haven't seen it on the wall out here in the lobby, it's 5,000 disciples in Putnam County. When we, when we threw that out years ago, there's only like 400 in the church, and I had somebody come and go, you're, you're kind of being crazy, aren't you, <laughs> to believe that we can have 5,000 people? And I said, man, God can do anything, and we want to really influence this community and and the best way to do that is make disciples and make disciples like we talked about last week. And so part of that is planting these churches. And two years ago, about two and a half years ago, I rolled out the idea that we need to plant five more churches in Putnam County. And then the Lord brought us the Hispanic church plant. And then Brian came and said, you know what? I think I'm supposed to be the next one. And I was like, yes, go God, go God. And so here we are ready to step out. Now the We also want to see 500 churches planted in Tennessee, 50 churches planted, one in each state. Matter of fact, this uh, last week, my my son and my daughter are in Oregon right now on mission trips to Oregon with one of our church plants in Oregon, and we've got uh, nine of our students that have committed to the whole summer out there to be interns in that church plant, and we've had, we'll probably have over 40 different people going there on mission this summer, so just Proud of our teams that are going and serving and helping with this. And then the five nations to impact, uh, you'll see the trips being advertised as we continue to go to places like Cuba and like uh, East Timor and 
Ivory Coast and others as we try to impact this world for Jesus. So it's a fun time. Uh, let's pray, and then I'm going to let Brian kick it off in 2 Timothy. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being on mission with you. It is truly a joy to serve with you, God, and to see you move in different people's lives. Lord, I'm fired up for, for Brian and the team, while at the same time, Lord, uh, excited about what you got around the corner too. You're just, you're just so amazing, and we celebrate and praise your name and pray that you would speak to all of our hearts through Timothy today, Lord, through this passage that's so powerful. God, open our hearts wide that we can receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Father's Day, Steve. Thank you, Brian. And you to too, all bro. of you all out there. You know, I, I grew up going and being a part of church, and Mother's Day was always a special day, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they, all the moms would get flowers or the, mm -hmm. the picture booth. We'd done all that before. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a time uh, a few years ago mm -hmm. where we thought, well, why don't we ever do anything for the dads? I think one time we gave out bacon. Bacon. On Father's Day. I was a fa that was my idea. And, Thank uh, you. I and think we all do it every year myself. I think another time we uh, handed out Snickers bars or Snick candy. Yeah, Didn't yeah. we do that? Yeah, because yeah. it satisfies you. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, and so this morning, what's going to be special about this service for Father's Day is we're going to talk about suffering. So uh, <laughs> I, hope you're, I hope you're ready. Uh, <laughs> uh, you think I'm joking. I'm not. Um, so being Father's Day uh, this weekend, I've been thinking a lot about my uh, my dad and uh, my dad. In fact, he's probably listening. My mom and dad are on a road trip right now. And dad, don't watch. If you're watching, please don't listen. Just listen because he's probably driving. Uh, happy <laughs> Father's Day, by the way. Uh, but I, my dad was the youngest of, a, of 11 kids. And uh, growing up in the, the 40s and 50s, uh, they, didn't, they didn't have a lot. And so everyone in the family, you know, had to, had to work and contribute uh, to the family. And as he grew up, you know, his, his older siblings would move off and a lot of the work would fall onto, onto, onto him and, and some of the, the younger siblings there. Uh, but he grew up and then uh, that was kind of like the Vietnam era. And so my dad enlisted as a, as a Marine and the, in the, enlisted as a Marine and, and he went and served in Vietnam and, and kind of, you know, that's a, just a way of life that you step into, right? Those of you who have served, thank you for serving. You, you understand that. You, you step into this life that is so much different uh, than the life that you walked out of, and you have to work hard, and you have to obey <laughs> commanders and, and all of that. It's a, it's a way of life. And then my, uh, he came back from that, and he, he just worked. That's what he knew is he, he knew work. And uh, so he, he worked at a couple of different jobs, and usually, and most of his life, he worked in these just physically demanding jobs. And by this time, he, uh, he had a family, he got married, he had, uh, he had uh, my sister and me, and well, my mom did, but he helped. <laughs> um, and he, he finally kind of went into this job that kind of became his career, is in the trucking business, I mean, but everything he'd done was just this hard physical labor, you know, working on the docks, driving trucks in the city and that kind of thing. And he was with this one company for several years. And then it went out of business. And so 
shows up one day and realizes we don't have a job anymore. What are we going to do? And ended up getting another job in another trucking company. But the thing is, in, in that environment, you, it's like starting all over again. He lost all of his seniority. He's back. He's having to work third shift and, and uh, work in midnights, you know, that kind of stuff. Those of you that do that kind of thing, you understand, right? It's just hard work. But I never once heard my dad complain about it. I never once, and maybe behind closed doors, maybe he was with my mom and saying, man, I don't know if I can keep doing this. But he worked hard because he loved hard. He loved so much. He knew that he had a, a family that had to eat and that had to be provided for. And he was loved much. And so that, that drove him to keep working, to endure. And it was hard, but he did it. And I don't think he would hesitate to tell you this morning that it was all worth it. Now, why do you, I gave me a chance to talk about my dad, but, but why, because I think that's similar to the passage where we're picking up in 2 Timothy. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there, 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we left off, Steve left off last week in, in uh, verse 2. We're going to pick up uh, in verse 3. But that's a similar message. You know, my dad realized that this hard work, it was, it was worth it uh, because he had a goal. He had a goal to provide for his family. It's a similar message that, that Paul is trying to get forward to this young man, Timothy. And if you weren't here over the past couple of weeks, just to give you a, just a brief intro back into to, to this letter. Second Timothy is a letter written from Paul an older man in the faith. In fact, we think it's probably one of his last writings. And so he's writing this from prison and he's lived a lot of life. He's seen a lot of hardship, a lot of suffering. And he's writing to a young man named Timothy. And it's kind of, actually, it's kind of like if Steve were to write a letter to me because he's a lot older than me. You know, oh, he's poured into. Oh. Wiser. <laughs> Excuse me. Actually, he's not that much older. But at least 10 years, maybe. I don't know. Mm. Actually, it's probably five, right? <laughs> My hair's not great. Uh, uh, but no, Timothy is much younger than, than Paul. And he's kind of like his spiritual. He's not his physical son, but, his, but he's like his spiritual son. And so Paul, towards the end of his life, is, is writing. And Timothy stepped into a similar life that Paul had been living for the past several years. Uh, Timothy is, is, is working and encouraging followers of Jesus, and he's, and he's working with churches and so Paul is just sitting on, hey, you gotta remember this, Timothy. You gotta remember this. You're stepping into some of the same things that I had. So remember this. And that's kind of where we're picking up. And I'm actually gonna start by reading uh, the first couple of verses in chapter two uh, where we, that we covered last week. And then uh, verse three will be up here on the screen. Paul writes, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You've heard me teach these things. Uh, that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of, a, of civilian life, for then they, they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And the hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. 
what Paul's doing, he, he has a message, and it's going to continue on through the rest of the passage that we're going to talk about this morning. But Paul's wanting him to know that Timothy, the, the work is worth it. These things we're walking through, these things that we're enduring, they're worth it. And so as was often with teachers and writers and, and, in Paul's time, he uses images to help them understand. You know, how, how many of you have been soldiers before? So you could kind of get, yeah, some of you, right? Uh, how many of you have been athletes? Yeah? How about farmers? Anybody farming or at least a hobby farmer? Yeah, yeah. So you might connect with one of these three images. And in all of these three instances, talking about the soldier, he said, you know, he, he has to step away from the affairs of civilian life and, and he wants to please his commander, right? If you've been a soldier, you, you understand that. And you're, you're giving your life for, for a greater mission, a greater call. If you've been an athlete, you know, your, your goal as an athlete is to, is to, to win, right? To be the best that you can be, to, to play your part on, on the team so that the team is successful. And you have to work hard at that. I understand this image a little more. Being an athlete, I wasn't very good because I wasn't an athlete in college, but I was an athlete in, in high school. And uh, I, running was one of my strongest things. And I played football and uh, I know you look at me and like, oh, that's obvious, right? Played football. No, it's not. Uh, but those, when you're, when you're playing sports, those who are willing to put in the hardest work, those who are willing to follow the rules, who don't take any shortcuts, those are the ones that, that succeed and reach those goals that they, that they set, right? Or if you're a farmer, we, we have a little garden and my wife pays much more attention to it than I do. I just get out and water it every morning. Uh, but we have a, a little garden, and I mean, how quickly the weeds grow up, and you have to cultivate that, and, and you have to pay attention if any of them get diseased, and you, you got to kind of cut those. You get, you, there's work to it to see a harvest. And I think what Paul's trying to, to tell Timothy is, hey, no matter which one of these you connect with or when you're passing these things on to others and you use these images, every single one of those, the, the hardworking farmer, the athlete, the soldier, they all set out for a goal. They work hard and they endure suffering for a greater call. And they would all say, just like my dad, who worked hard his whole life, just like these examples, that it's worth it. But Paul's he's not just talking about, hey, be, be a hard worker, uh, or be a faithful soldier, or, or be a, a hardworking athlete or a hardworking farmer. That's not his point. His point is, hey, when we walk this life, when we follow Jesus, it's gonna be hard there will be suffering. In fact, he, he's, I think, playing off what Jesus promised in John 16. It's, he's getting ready to, to walk to the cross and he, and, he, and he tells his closest friends and followers, he's like, hey, I've, all these things I've been telling you, I've told you that you may have peace because in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And in a, another chapter over, Paul's gonna say to Timothy, hey, all who desire to live a godly life 
will be persecuted. Say, Timothy, you know the things, the, the things that I've walked through, and, and you're probably gonna be walking through some of the same things. Walking with Jesus is hard. And there's gonna be suffering, but it is worth it. And Steve's gonna tell us why. Well, it's, it's worth it because the gospel is worth it. Yeah. Uh, second thing on there. Uh, on your listening guide is the gospel is worth it. We're gonna look at eight through 10 here and look at what it means by the gospel. So starting in verse eight, it says, always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. Let's pause right there for just a, a second. So this good news he preaches, the word good news is synonymous with gospel. The word gospel means good news. So if you hear somebody say it's all about the gospel, what they're saying is it's all about the good news of Jesus. And what is the good news of Jesus? The good news of Jesus is that each person has a chance to have a relationship with God because Christ has come. That even though you and I are yet sinners, Christ chose to die for us, to take all our sins upon himself on the cross, and he was crucified for us, but he also rose, he rose from the grave, and that is the hope that we have, okay? That's the good news. And so the good news is worth it. Let's, let's read on here in nine. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. He's willing to endure anything for the salvation of others. Now, let me, let me just say this. It's worth it. There's a world that does not yet know the hope of Christ, and it is worth the suffering that we may have to pay to see it happen. Now, some may think that's going overseas, and that's hugely important. We have got to take the good news around the world. Matter of fact, next week, Put it on your calendar. We've got a guest speaker. Her name's Carol Ward. She's going to come. I'm going to interview her. She has been in Uganda. She's been in South Sudan. Uh, she has done some amazing things in places that she was told by the U.S. Embassy, you can't go in there because of the warlords and the war that's going on. And she went in there and took the hope of Christ into an area that should not have been able to be done. And in her doing so, saw great spiritual awakenings. And she's going to be here next week to talk about that. Well, each time she shared her testimony, the, the testimony says the same thing. He's worth it. The gospel is worth it. Her hope was to take the good news of Christ to a place that no one else was willing to go. And God gave her that opportunity because the need is great. And it's up to you and I whether we'll do that same. Sometimes I think it would be easier if I was in a place that my life was in jeopardy to stand firm in my faith, then it is to be here in America where everybody just says, hey, as long as you just don't say anything about other people's stuff, it's okay. You just keep plugging along. We won't say anything about you if you don't say anything about us. You just don't call anything sin. And that's the struggle we're in today. Is as a people, we don't wanna say there's any sin anymore. And I don't know what sin you wrestle with. You know, there's some sins that, that we might say, man, those are obvious sins, right? 
somebody's on the news for murder or rape or, or burglary, we go, oh, yeah, that's, we, we all agree that's, that's wrong. And yet we're in a culture now that's even wanting to say a lot of that's not wrong. You know, if your feelings are hurt and you're angry, it's okay to smash a store owner's front, front glass door and just steal whatever you want because you were wronged as a kid. You know what? If you were abused, it, it just makes sense now that you go and, and abuse and kill other people, and that's just the way it is. And, and it, no matter what you want to believe, you just believe what you want to believe because we don't want to say anything's a sin anymore. Now, I went to the, uh, the Pride Day at the park, and I, I don't want to pick out anything, any group for specifically, but when the kids' tent is manned, by a grown man with a full beard, wearing women's clothing with full makeup on. That should disturb somebody. And when right across from there is another tent where on one end of the tray, they have lollipops. It's a full family event. And the only other end, they have condoms. Somebody should be a little bit disturbed. And when around the corner and one of the other booths has a don't even want to say it, but um, appropriate wear for what they said is the naughtiest in the world. And they're advertising that and wearing that wear around children. Somebody ought to say that's wrong. And it's real easy for me to see that and just shudder. And yet the sins that you and I carry are just as damning as those. Because the Bible says all sin separates us from God. And if your sin is gossip, it's the same as someone else's adultery. And if your sin is envy, it's the same as someone else's sexual immorality. And if your sin is greed, it's the same as someone else's abuse. Now, you say, wait a minute, pastor, they're not the same. No, I, I agree that if you're raping someone, that is a much graver sin than a little white lie, right? But they both separate you from God because all sin separates us from God. And we've got to quit ranking sins, and we've got to look at ourselves first as the church, and we've got to see the sin and repent of our own sin when we have preachers on stage bragging about their Rolex watches and how God loves them more because they're wealthier than everybody else, there's something gravely wrong with the church. When we have people that are celebrating sins that are declared in the Bible as sin, whether it's heterosexual immorality or homosexuality or whether it's adultery, when we have pastors that know, the people know that this pastor has multiple ladies in waiting and they're okay with it, folks. I don't know how we've gotten this far from understanding the righteousness of God. But I want to challenge you and I both to look at our own lives. I've got to look at my life when I battle with envy and other people's ministry. When I battle with more and more stuffism. I was cleaning out my house yesterday and I'm like, how did I get so much stuff? When did we think it was okay to build another barn so we could put more stuff in it? 
rent another storage shed to store more of our stuff that we haven't even seen in seven years. Am I stepping on some toes? Let me tell you the good news. The good news is this. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still doing all this garbage that we do, while we're still in that place that all of us are struggling to be out of, Christ died for us. Romans 6, 23 says, the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the good news. And that is worth standing up and proclaiming day after day. This morning on Father's Day, I went to my dad. He's in the hospital after having a stroke. I shared that with y'all last week. Thank you so much for your prayers. He's doing a lot better. But I brought him a, a daily devotional. Gave him a daily devotional for Father's Day this morning. And I got to read one with him and talk about Christ. And I said, Dad, is Jesus your Savior? He said, he is. I said, are you ready to go to heaven if it's that time? Because it just so happens that God would have it open up to the day, today's date, and the story was on, a, on heaven. I was like, okay, God, this is a, a clear entryway right here, right? And I said, Dad, are you ready? He said, I'm ready. It's the first time in 32 years I've known that my dad was ready. For 32 years I prayed, my kids prayed, my dad and I didn't have the greatest relationship. And it wasn't until two years ago that God brought him to live with us and we began to get to love on him and be loved on by him. And God's done a mighty work. It was worth every moment of love and grace and forgiveness that we gave and he gave. Listen, I don't know who you need to be praying for. We've got a, uh, we've got a stage up here of so many people's names that were calling out before Jesus. And some of you are giving up. Some of you are like, I can't do it anymore. Some of you have prayed for people so long and you're like, I'm just gonna let them go to hell because I'm done with them. I'm tired of being disappointed. I'm tired of crying and weeping and hurting and I'm just gonna give up and you can't because the gospel is worth it. Seeing the change in people's lives when they get it is worth it. And you and I, we've gotta stay on our knees praying we got to stay with our voices proclaiming the good news of Jesus because as the word says, all, everybody say all. All of sin and fall short of the glory of God. It's not those people out there. It's these people in here. We need Jesus. And he came to rescue us and forgive us. And in verse 10, it says, I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to go the distance enduring anything so that others may find the hope of Jesus Christ? I hope so. I hope you'll join me in that journey. Brian? That's a powerful verse. Isn't it good? I'm I'm glad he wrote that in there. (laughs) I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. It also makes me think, uh, Paul also wrote in uh, Philippians 1, which I think he was writing that from prison as well. Uh, he was at a point in his life where he's like, you know what? It would be so much easier to just die 
or to go ahead and be killed and walk into glory and spend eternity with, with God rather than kind of endure some of the things I've been going through. But he says, for me to, how, that's how he expresses it, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. He goes on to say, hey, it's better that I remain here talking to his friends and Philippi and those others that he ministered to. He said, it's, it's good for me to, to keep going and to endure this. Even though death would be easier, it's good for me to, to endure these things because I wanna see you walking with Jesus and I wanna see your friends and your family and those around you walking with Jesus. And I think these next few verses that we're gonna close out with uh, in chapter two, uh, 11 to 13, is really Paul's encouragement to Timothy. In light of all he's just said, in light of this gospel message, in, in light of the, the hope that we have in Christ that, that he was the Messiah, he's the one that, that God's been promising from the beginning would come and, and set all things straight and would, would come and, and live the life that was so hard to, for us to live and give us an example of what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. And, and he died the death that we should have died and he defeated sin and death through his death and through his resurrection. Paul's saying, in light of that, Timothy, would you please endure? Would you keep going? And I think these next few verses are just a continuation, encouragement of that. If you notice, if you look in your Bible, they're indented, uh, or they look a little different than the, the rest of, of the, the verses before it. And usually what that means in your scripture is that's either a quotation from somewhere else in scripture or another quotation, or it could be that it's like a, a hymn or a prayer or a poem, that kind of thing. If you've noticed, if you're looking at the book of Psalms, almost all of it looks like that. Have you noticed that? So it's, it's kind of like that. So it's a little different writing. And so some scholars believe this is like a hymn maybe in the early church, some that it was this uh, like a poem or just an accepted saying. And uh, Paul had maybe said these things before, or maybe it was already being circulated among the early believers and some see it as a warning uh, because of some of the wording in the middle. Some see it as encouragement. Some kind of see it as both. I kind of see it as both, but mostly really encouragement. Let me read it and notice a little bit of the rhythm there. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. Which is kind of funny if he said it before. <laughs> uh, maybe, anyway. He says, if we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we, are un, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. The first part, if we, if we die with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. I think Paul's just riffing off of, off of Jesus' words, where Jesus said, hey, all those who endure to the end will, will be saved. And this idea that we are heirs with Christ and, and that we will rule and reign with him, like that's God's intention for us. And then he says that it's a little hard. If we deny him, he will deny us. Jesus said something like that. One writer I, I read uh, kind of explains that this way. He says, for those who reject him, God will honor that decision and do the same. And then he talks about our unfaithfulness. But even if we are unfaithful, God will not abandon his character and his faithfulness. 
he will be who he is, and he is faithful. And I think that's an encouragement. And we, we talked about this for a long time, like what, what's been here? We looked at the Greek word. We looked at all of it. But I, I think this is the encouragement. It makes me think of Peter. Do you know the story of Peter, the, uh, one of Jesus' closest followers? And in Jesus' darkest hour, deepest hour of need, he, uh, Peter denies him, denies that he, that he knew him. But then several days down the road, Jesus rises from the grave. He's, he's appearing to the disciples and, and hanging out with them. And he uh, comes to Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I do. He says, then feed my sheep. And Peter had denied him three, three times over the course of that night. And then Jesus responds to Peter three times. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I do. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. It's like he's saying, hey, Peter, I know in this moment you walked away from me. And it was a hard moment because I know you were afraid that you might have been killed right alongside with me. But I'm not done with you because I'm faithful even though you were unfaithful. Amen. And I can still use you. And I think that's a little bit of the encouragement that, that Paul is giving Timothy here. He's encouraging him. Hey, finish well. I'm trying to finish well. Timothy, I want you to finish well. And I think that's the message to us, that we have to encourage one another to endure, to finish well, to walk through hard things, to be there for each other when we walk through those hardships. And I, I don't know what your version or your form of suffering or hardship might be right now that you're walking through. But remember that God is faithful, and he can walk through it with you. I went on a little bit of a, a, a rabbit hole, like digging deep last night, because I was thinking about these passages, and often I do. You know, sometimes I think my life's hard, or maybe I've given up things for the gospel, right? Uh, you know, we've, we've kind of stopped everything two or three times now, get, uh, move to a new place or, or just completely started over, right? And it's all because it felt like God was calling us or leading us to do things. And sometimes I think, man, we've really suffered a lot. You know, we've given up a lot. And then I think about brothers and sisters around the world that are truly being imprisoned for their faith. Some are losing their families because they will not deny Jesus. And I went on this rabbit hole last night reading all these stories and you know, I always come away feeling like a loser from that, you know. Uh, but the, the thing that stuck out to me, uh, and, and this seems to be a common thing, uh, as people study or they try to encourage folks that are in those situations, that, that live in environments where, man, they could be killed for their faith or their church should be, could be shut down, you know, the 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 army or the government could come into a place like this and say, now you guys are done and we're gonna take Steve, he's the pastor, so they'll take him, uh, take him to prison, you know, right? They live in those environments and, and when they're asked, how can we pray for you or how can we serve you? They don't say, hey, pray that this kind of stuff will stop. They say, pray that we'll have the strength to endure. Mm -hmm. And to not lose faith. 
and to not deny Christ. And I think that's the message that Paul's giving Timothy. And I think that's the message we've got to give each other. Because we will, we do walk through hard things. And, you know, Steve mentioned some of the things in our culture. And, you know, I, if, you, if you read the Bible, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> right? Until God says, you know, we're done and we're, we're bringing fully realize the kingdom of God to earth. And until that time, we're called to endure because the mission's worth it. We feel called to step out and to start this church, and we've got some great folks that are feeling called to be a part of that, and one of the things that I've been trying to share with them, calling it Oaks Church, we haven't talked about that a lot, but that's going to be our name. It's based on Isaiah 61, where it's, we can talk about that later. But I've been trying to tell them, like, look, this is not me or me and Meredith or Jimmy or Steve, some of the people that, that Steve mentioned. It's, it's not about us. It's, it's about you. It's, you are Oaks Church. And for all of us in the room that have been a part of the, the River Church family, you are the River Church. It's not just Steve. Amen. Or any of the staff or their family. It's you are a part of this. And you know, as we do these things, as we step out, as we serve our community, as we, as we try to, man, usher people across that line of faith from darkness to light, it's going to be hard. For us, we're stepping out, we're, uh, we're walking into some unknown things, you know, we're got a little comfortable here, but stepping out, this is going to be some hard things, but it's worth it to endure that. For those of you that are feeling called to, to be a part of the River Church family, you know, you are that, and, and some of you are going to have to step up to, to be a part of what God's doing here and this mission that he's called us to. You are the River Church. So let's encourage one another to finish well. Steve's gonna close us out. All right, well, I just want you to know it's worth it. And I want you to hear that. If you're a Christian, it doesn't mean the problems aren't there. Doesn't mean your, your family won't have the stroke. It doesn't mean your family won't go through Brokenness, death, pain. We have to walk through this broken world together. But what it does mean is you'll have a family to do it with you and you'll have a father that is perfect Mm. to stand with you. I'm gonna give you a chance to to make a decision. I'm gonna ask you to bow your head with me. If you would just bow your head with me. I, I wanna give you a chance to respond. And I believe that... In this room today, some of, somebody here, God's telling you, today's your day to step across that line. Today's your day to ask forgiveness for anything you've done in the past and to commit to Jesus Christ being your Lord. If God's speaking to you to do that this morning, I'm going to do something we had not done in a while. I'm, I'm going to lead you in a sinner's prayer. And they call it the sinner's prayer because as sinners, that's what we all pray Lord, forgive us, help us, guide us, 
and we surrender all to you. So I'm going to lead you in that. And if God is speaking to your heart saying, today's your day, then you can just pray this prayer to the Lord and to yourself following after me now. Dear God, today I need to ask forgiveness for all the sins I've committed in my life. Today, Lord, I, I pray that Jesus would come and be first place in my life. I trust in you and surrender all. Thank you for making me a new creation. Thank you for my salvation. I pray that in Jesus' name. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com or you can download our app in the app or Google Play Store. Again, we just want to say thank you for listening and we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love God, love people, and impact the world.